Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. From the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center, Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Larry Nasser, who was housed with other sex offenders, was stabbed six times in the back and neck by at least one fellow inmate. He suffered substantial injuries and is in stable condition with a collapsed lung. Nasser was sentenced to 175 years for sexually assaulting gymnasts under the guise of medical treatments, including members of the U.S. national team. 156 survivors confronted the disgraced doctor in court. Remember that? 156 young women victimized by this monster. Probably more than that, and he did it for decades. Um, one of our gold medal gymnasts I was watching on the news last night says she had been abused by him hundreds of times, so pretty much every and time. remember that many of those accusations had been heard, and the uh, oh, yeah. powers that be covered up for him any chance they got. Yeah, the clip on, it was either NBC or ABC News last night. I appreciated that they included the clip of one of the gymnasts saying, talking about how the FBI failed them. That's another black eye That's for the right. FBI that hasn't been dealt with at all. Why did you ignore these little girls when you had mo- if you got multiple girls saying this is happening? How about you look into it, for crying out loud? Uh, anyway, um, so Nasser got stabbed a lot and uh, repeatedly in prison. So he was he's in a prison now, a special prison for people you don't want to get stabbed. Uh, where there's only like 1,200 other inmates and they have a better eye on him because he was in a regular prison before I'd forgotten this. He got attacked within within like an hour of showing up at that prison when he was in the general population, so they decided they needed to move him to more of like a special everybody-wants-to-kill-you prison, and mm-hmm. uh, and he's been there for a while. He, he was sentenced to 174 years, and then he got stabbed yesterday, which is, you know, everybody... It's easy to have mixed emotions about that. I don't want a justice system where it's up to the prisoners what your penalty is for your crimes. At the same time, who gives a crap if this guy gets stabbed? Uh, Fair warning. If you decide to be a child rapist, 
sometimes these things happen to you. One more reason not to be a child rapist. Well, so I've heard my whole life that child rapists or molesters are not dealt with uh, or treated poorly in prison by other Mm -hmm. prisoners. What is that all about? Or is that is that why they wane after him? Or is it is a notoriety thing? You're famous, so if you're Jeffrey Dahmer, if you're this Nasser guy, who's another one that got attacked recently? Um, somebody else that was famous um, got attacked in prison. Is that about a? I want to bring down the. I want to get notoriety. Is that what it is? Or I think that may factor in. I'm not an expert on prison culture, uh, but yeah, that probably factors in. I know like child murderers get treated very badly as well. Uh, maybe you know it's that shred of human decency left, but in some of these uh, brutes, but they express it in a way that's brutish. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Is there a high percentage of people in prison that were molested as kids and have a lot of anger about that? Wow, what an interesting idea. I don't know. If you know, text line four one five two nine five KFTC. Or is it as simple as that is a culture where disapproval is expressed in unmistakable ways? And like the outside world, they disapprove of being a child rapist. I hope so. Yeah, interesting. Um, We need transition music. I was trying to figure out a transition to anything else, but transition music, Michael? See this? No, I've, I've mentioned this before. <laughs> that music is a transition from the previous topic to an insane asylum or murderous rage. Okay, that is people playing "Take on Me," the Aha classic from the '80s on on recorders. <laughs> now this part I can take. We got to get to the hook though. That's when it gets really good. Here comes the hook. Yeah, they come and see you anyway. Yeah, again, I'm leaving if this doesn't stop. Okay, that's enough of that. Yes, yes. Whatever I paid to get into that concert or however difficult parking was, I am... Turning around and walking out of that concert. <laughs> wow. I was about to say uh, the story of why are so many singers getting things thrown at them on stage? If I was at a concert and they're singing that song, <laughs> I'm throwing my cell phone at them. <laughs> Whatever I got at hand. Yeah. We'll get to that later. So uh, I don't know if you know who Yuval Levin is. We've quoted him. or I think we've had him on the air before. He's a really well-respected thinker on the right, like practically revered thinker on the right. I was listening to a podcast with him yesterday where they were talking about how the the fiscal insanity and how neither party gives a crap about it uh, now. And so for many, many years, Democrats had the advantage of we get to be the give you stuff party and we don't have to even care about where the money's going to come from or run out of money. And the Republicans at one time actually did care then pretended to care. Now nobody even talks about it anymore. But Republicans were in that tough situation of having to be the eat your vegetables party. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it would be cool to, uh, you know, whatever you want the topic wants to be, pay off your college debt or give you a free car or whatever it is. But we can't afford it. And here's all the things that would happen if we tried to do that. So, no, it's a bad idea. Well, you know, and pe- people like the whole I get stuff for free 
who cares where it came from thing a lot. And it helps Democrats win elections. Uh, the Republican Party has moved away from that, particularly under Donald Trump, because he didn't make that an issue. He, his administration spent a lot of money, and now it's just nobody cares at all. Yeah. Sailor on a Coke binge. And neither party... N- no offense, Hunter. <laughs> neither party talks about it, yet we've got the yet another fiscal cliff coming up here with the whole debt ceiling thing. And the issue being reforming our entitlement programs that are going to go broke here in like a decade. Um, You'll remember the State of the Union address. The out-of-control Republicans got mad enough to yell at the president when he suggested they wanted to do something about it. (laughs) Right. No, we don't want to do anything, and how dare you claim we do? I mean, that's how far we've come. In a small amount of time. I think, and this is the saddest comment, because they've seen the polls, they understand the electorate, and they realize that responsibility is completely disastrous to their brand. And the reason I bring this up at all is I thought that Yuval Levin said something that was more unique and probably is more likely what is going to happen. He said this has been portrayed forever as... Some horrific, horrific, horrific reckoning was going to come at some point, and we've been able to kick the can down the road and kick the can. But it's always presented as, you know, just a horror where we'll stop being the, 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 the money that everybody in the world uses and our credit rating and all these different sorts of things. And he's and he said the reality is what's probably going to happen is we're just going to be a much weaker, not as dynamic. Everybody's a little bit poor country. For many, many decades to come, uh, with 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 stifled, you know, ability to innovate and all these different sorts of things, and we'll, we'll become Britain or France. We'll become Britain or France, and yeah. and and there won't be the moment where you could like galvanize enough voters and emotion and everything like that to do something about. It'll just kind of slowly suck. He didn't use the word suck, but I, mm-hmm. it, it'll just start to slowly suck. And, you know, the generation where it didn't suck will die off, and the next generations will come along and think it's just always been this way. Um, and that's that's the most likely path. And Boy, I, that is the embodiment of the boiling a frog metaphor. Yes, and I think that is almost clearly what's going to happen. Ta- services will get a little lower. Taxes will go a little higher permanently. There'll be less opportunity. Nobody will quite understand why, but that's in the rearview mirror. Things will just suck a little more. We'll become Britain and France. Wow. Wow. And I think he's right. If you are boiling frogs, you're probably going to end up in a cell next to Larry Nasser. But anyway. You haven't had boiled frog? (laughs) You haven't? You actually haven't had boiled frog. That's how you cook the frog. Seals in the juices. (laughs) That's how you cook the frog legs. You boil them. I didn't like them as a kid, and I'm not eating them now. But the frog isn't alive, generally, is it? I don't think so. Or is it? I don't think. You, do you throw the frog in live? Somebody oh, who... in like room temperature water, then you boil him. Bit by bit, inch by inch, well, degree by degree. And, and when the frog realizes how hot the water's gotten, it's too late. We don't, That's the point of the metaphor. We don't have to make this segment now about amphibian eating. We can get back to the dynamic or not state of our economy um but i i just thought that was a both refreshing and depressing 
view of the likelihood of how this whole story turns out. It was refreshing. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that is an interesting take. You know, I came across this piece in Axios uh, on a related topic. The next president's $4 trillion problem. And I'll just hit you with the beginning of it, and then we'll talk about it another time. But whoever's in the White House in 2025 will face uh, quickly a series of legislative deadlines with impossible price tags. $3.6 trillion in tax cuts and a $350 billion in Affordable Care Act subsidies are expiring. And that's after the debt limit will need to be addressed again. And why it matters is the deadlines could force political horse trading of epic proportions. Alternatively, gridlock or alarm over the nation's debt may lead to Americans seeing higher taxes and fewer benefits. So a lot of the birds that have been, you know, growing are coming home to roost. They will. Yeah, was his, was his point. They will come home to roost, but it's going to be, we're a rich enough country that we can spread it out over enough period of time that we'll just ah. become accustomed to just a suckier country. Ah, I see his point. So our credit cards are already maxed out. We're going to buy a house in Hawaii, but we'll refinance all the other debt and and more or less continue on down the road toward suckiness. Right. Francification, as we've called it for years. Yeah, which I do think is probably the most likely scenario. I mean, when you start talking about pick one social security being insolvent in 12 years that's only what two presidential elections and we're on it mm-hmm. this next one and then i mean that's pretty fast it's spicy times yeah well so I, who knows what we're going to cram into the next segment it could be crap i don't know but um uh, segment three of the hour i'd really like to get into some new hunter biden revelations and his connection to joe and the whole influence peddling thing some Pretty heavyweight writers are, are taking it on and saying, hey, we have some questions about this. Even Jake Tapper, hypocrite, was on his show the other day saying, oh, yeah, we're, we're on the story. Of course we are. He having actively suppressed it back in 2020, but eh, better late than never. And then we'll probably get to you. Do you cook lizards in the microwave or on a campfire? <laughs> I don't know how that'll work in, but stay tuned. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So the child molester scumbag who molested all those gymnasts, Larry Nasser, got attacked in prison yesterday, stabbed a whole bunch of times. It's amazing he didn't die. But I was asking the question, why have I heard my whole life that the worst thing you can be in prison is a child molester and you get attacked and beat up all the thing? What is it? Is it a morality thing or is it? I got a couple of responses to that. Well, one, we got this. In prison, being a Como is unforgivable. Como is a child molester. There are YouTube videos, which I've never seen, of prisoners describing how if they find out your papers say you're a child molester, they feel obligated to murder you. Wow. Como. And then we got this from somebody who has studied this sort of thing. Uh, Dear Armstrong and Getty, I have some insight about the child molesters being targeted by other prisoners. I have a uh, master's degree from Michigan State. Prison is a very hierarchical system. Criminals who targeted children are at the lowest rung. Prisoners assume that those who preyed on kids are weak and easy to bully and hurt. That really makes sense. Ah, I mean, because that is that is the whole thing. Who's the toughest? Who's at the top and going on down? Who could be weaker than somebody whose victims aren't even adults? Yeah, interesting, because they're all presumably 
well, I was going to say victimizers of one sort or another. I suppose if if you're just a drug dealer or something, it's more about greed. You're not you're hurting people indirectly. I understand what drugs do, but yeah, okay. Anyway, also, also as you mentioned, some prisoners were molested, so hurting molesters is a way to vent them being. Uh Molested, and there is some morality among some prisoners that some crimes are not tolerated. I'm sure that's true, but I, I was always uncomfortable with leaning on that as the the, the reason because it's you know you've kind of demonstrated your belief in morality by ending up in prison, especially mm-hmm. the kind of prison where a child molester ends up. But the whole the whole you know the weakest are at the bottom, the strongest are at the top. That one makes perfect sense. So what about guys who do financial crimes? Do they not end up in those prisons anyway? No, I don't think you'd ever end up in a prison like that to where that would be a problem, I mm. think. Yeah. Uh, I've always, I've got a strategy if I uh, get in, into a serious prison, and it's hard to imagine how I'd end up there. <laughs> I, I know that I won't, so I don't think about it much, but what's your strategy? Unless laziness becomes a felony, <laughs> I'm, I'm unlikely to be in a serious prison no i can't i can't tell you oh, well, i gotta keep it what? secret it's my secret strategy you, when you're afraid it'll leak out and then when you finally get sent to a hardcore prison for some reason people will know and you oh here he goes off. i hear he's doing exactly what he said he did he'd do huh we're not buying it no i would <laughs> obviously a, a guy like me goes to the lead well i'm a, a bit of a pale-faced fellow in spite of my lovely summer tan i'm a white guy so i would go to the the white guy who runs the white guy stuff in the prison and say i will spend all of my time in the legal library filing writs and and doing paperwork and stuff to uh help out the guys so do me a favor make sure i don't get killed that's a pretty good plan yeah that's my plan y- there's zero chance you'll need to uh put that into action but <laughs> you fail to plan you plan to fail huh in prison as a law-abiding conservative <laughs> but i just i try to cover all the bases i have a plan for if i'm shot into space unwillingly, <laughs> unwillingly. <laughs> if i'm attacked by an octopus i've got a long long list it's thick it's thick as a book i've got you've got your oscar speech prepared <laughs> kind of i do if that should happen yeah exactly yeah Many, many, many pre- pre- preparations go into my whole thing. Uh, be prepared. Anyway, eh, uh, how much time do we have? We got a little time. Speaking of crime, uh, I thought this was uh, eh, 30 seconds. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm sure. Take a look at the clock. All right. 30 seconds, he says. Uh, our good old professional friend, uh, Dan Walters, who's a terrific journalist, uh, did some terrific writing on crime rates in Cal Unicornia and how the state government tried to soft pedal them. So that and a Hunter Biden update, a lot of good stuff to come. Well, and that'll factor into Gavin Newsom's presidential aspirations, mm-hmm. right? A lot on the way. If you miss an hour, get the podcast Armstrong and Getty On Demand. Armstrong and Getty. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast 
NBA DNA with Hannah Storm digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So here's what the whistleblower has said, the group of whistleblowers, that Hunter Biden got the benefit of the doubt unlike anybody they've ever seen, and they've been there for decades. Uh, they claim that Mr. Weiss, the U.S. attorney from Delaware, sought special counsel status and was denied that status, and that he wanted to bring charges in D.C. and California, but he was told no. Yeah, and the point of the Wall Street Journal editorial board piece today was that the letter from Weiss to whoever uh, didn't get into any of the particulars. <laughs> Of this, right. did, did you tell that IRS IRS whistleblower what he claims you told him, or not? Yeah, Weiss's public statements have been uh, no. I was allowed to do what I wanted. I was not constrained in any way. Uh, he, he well, what's true? The point you made earlier is one of them is lying, and it's either Weiss who is on the upper end of things and a bright career ahead of him not wanting to ruffle the feathers of the powers that be, or the whistleblower, who is an apolitical guy and not at that high a level, decided to jettison his entire career to lie. Well, and the New York Times claimed they had independently verified the one IRS whistleblower's claim that Weiss told him to back off, more or less. Well, and but then Weiss didn't address it in his letter. 
Catherine Herridge of CBS uh, just tweeted not long ago the uh, Shapley email of October 7th, 2022, in which that day he writes, Weiss stated that he is not the deciding person on whether charges are filed. I believe this to be a huge problem, inconsistent with DOJ public position and Merrick Garland testimony. Um, And it's in quite a bit of detail, the where and the when and the how it was said and the fact that he had him repeat it. Um, at the meeting because he was so astounded by it. Um, and that's been entered into, uh, the, you know, the congressional record, et cetera. So one of those two people is lying. Uh, that much has become clear. Uh, on the Hunter Biden front, a great column by Jonathan Turley. Um, Let me read that one paragraph yeah, from the Wall Street Journal thing here, the editorial board. Uh, the claims from Weiss and Garland conflict with the testimony of IRS investigator Gary Shapley. The tax specialist says a team of IRS, FBI, and DOJ officials last year were ready to charge Hunter with felony tax offenses, but that Mr. Weiss told them in an October meeting that he'd been denied special counsel authority from Maine DOJ, and he wasn't the deciding official. And remember, Shapley said, I asked him again to make sure I heard it correctly. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing the New York Times says they've independently verified, because, again, that was... A team of IRS, FBI, and DOJ officials that were ready to charge. And this guy said, I'm told not to. And now he's saying, no, I could do anything I want. Right. So it's pretty. It's not super complicated. No. No, indeed. And again, it says here in the Wall Street Journal, Shapley's claim, the New York Times reports it has confirmed that story. Wow. Wow. I don't know what's going on. Jonathan Turley writes a little bit about the tax charge situation, uh, more or less what we've been talking about. But then he goes on to say, not only it's are the ta- cover up, I mean, the, the tax thing is interesting, but and it could be a problem. But it's the cover up that's going to doom the president if it happened. Yeah. And it's an even bigger cover up than the tax thing would have you understand. Um, he writes, not only are tax and international transactional violations still possible, but there's the looming threat of charges under the Foreign Agents Registration Act, the FARA Act. This week, I testified the House Judiciary Committee on enhancements of the FARA and was asked whether Hunter Biden could be charged under the act. The answer is clearly yes. Indeed, if the Justice Department applies the standard used in the Paul Manafort case, it would seem like such a charge is not just possible, but even probable. The similarities of the Manafort and Biden cases are striking. On a personal level, both men's had, men had ravenous levels of material consumption, where Manafort had his $15,000 ostrich coat, Biden had his high-priced hookers, and a $143,000 Fisker sports car. I don't know from Fisker sports cars. Are you hip to that, or your son who's so Fisker's into cars? Fisker's a super expensive electric car. Oh, okay. Or they make an electric car. I don't know if they're only electric cars. But he had that and the Porsche that he drove 172 miles an hour in while smoking crack to make it to the airport on time? Maybe he was like Michael Avenatti. He, he leased super expensive sports Man, cars. I can't imagine driving 170 perfectly sober in the light of day, let alone hurrying in the dark high to an airport. On crack, yeah. Both burned through money and found themselves with towering debts. However, the greatest similarity is how they paid those bills. The Manafort indictment included charges for lobbying on behalf of the Ukrainian government and Ukrainian political parties from 2008 to 2014. That was the pre-Zelensky regime, it's worth mentioning. He did not register under FARA, which has sweeping terms covering such work. 
While fire was rarely used for criminal investigations and prosecutions, Special Counsel Robert Mueller seemed to charge by the gross under the act. He hit a line of Trump associates with such allegations from Manafort to Michael Flynn to George Papadopoulos to Rick Gates. More recently, the Justice Department used fire to conduct searches on the homes and files of former Trump counsel Rudy Giuliani, Republican counsel Victoria Tensing, and others. The recent use of FARA was celebrated by legal ex- experts and media figures. Now, however, Hunter Biden is the target, and the evidence against him on FARA may actually be worse for Manaf- than Manafort in some respects. In Biden's laptop, there are hundreds of emails detailing work with, quote, foreign principles, which can include not just foreign governments or foreign agencies, but foreign-based companies, nonprofits, and individuals, including Americans living in foreign countries. That would cover companies like the CEFC, that Chinese energy company, which had close ties to the Chinese government. Biden does not appear to have done much, if any, conventional legal work for these foreign sources, despite his high fees. Indeed, there is no record Hunter did anything to earn the cool $1 million given to him to represent CEFC's Patrick Ho, who was later convicted and sentenced to three years in prison. Instead, the record shows Biden advising and facilitating access for foreign clients, including meetings with his father. That includes, like Manafort, dealings with Ukrainian officials and businesses. There's nothing subtle about the alleged influence peddling effort of Hunter Biden or his uncle James. In Washington, influence peddling is a virtual cottage industry. However, there was little sophistication in these emails to hide the corruption. The Hunter dealings were more likely influence peddling by eBay. It, uh, were more like influence peddling by eBay in terms of the raw pitches and open admissions. I see what he's saying. Mm-hmm. They didn't even cover their tracks very well. And he, he goes on in this vein for some time, but his point is it would be astounding and and unacceptable if that string of Trump representatives or associates was charged with fire violations and Hunter and James Biden were not. I uh, don't doubt that. And, you know, obviously the influence peddling thing was happening. But I think the simplest one to nail down is going to be this whole is Merrick Garland or Weiss lying or these IRS people? I got to feel like they're going to get to the bottom of that. Don't you? How? Everybody else in the meeting under oath? <sighs> but that's still a tough deal. I mean, in Washington, D.C., just as a tangent, I was reading a, a piece about how Trump and others have tried to decentralize the federal government, send the Department of Agriculture out to Lincoln, Nebraska. Um, Lindsey Graham has this idea to put the FBI in Alabama because there's an open military base instead of spending billions of dollars to redo the Washington, blah, blah, blah. Um, What was my point? Oh, but the resistance to that is that in the climber culture of washington dc you've got to be near the centers of power power is everything you can't climb without access to those who can help you climb Mm. the idea of being sent to lincoln nebraska is terrifying for the climber culture of a dc bureaucrat and so they just they can't accept or, or so these people, their their raw lust for status and climbing further might motivate them to think. All right, it's been made very clear to me. If I'm on the quote unquote right side of this, my career is turbocharged, and if I tell the truth, I'm ruined. 
Let me think. So it's certainly an interesting situation we're in headed into the 2024 presidential election, obviously, because we get two candidates that are about 80 that both have some potentially really big legal problems. Like Trump could end up in prison. Joe Biden could legit get impeached and removed. Mm -hmm. Both of those are possibilities. And 5% of America wants a Biden-Trump rematch. Now, to be fair about that stat, that's because like 80% of Democrats don't want Trump and 80% of Republicans don't want Biden, and you add those two together and you get practically nobody that wants both. But um, what if they both end up getting out because of legal problems? That'd be something, wouldn't it? And all of a sudden, they're neither one of them are in the race. Wow. That would be something. Uh, it, probably worth mentioning a little scene headline. Uh, conventional wisdom after delay has won one round. Uh, Trump's lawyers have come out and told the judge, hey, we need to delay uh, months and months and months to prepare the defense and look at this and that and the other. And it's going to be extremely difficult to put on a defense during the presidential race in which our client, who is the leading candidate, is being prosecuted and persecuted by the president of the opposite party. So Trump's lawyers are now saying no speedy trial. Let's drag this out as long as we can. Right. And it's really unlikely any of these trials could happen best circumstance just because of how slow the justice system works Mm -hmm. so trump seems like in a better position there in that none of these trials will happen until after the election so he's he couldn't end up in jail before the presidential election and then if he wins he gets to clear himself of most of this stuff yeah but uh, you know on the biden side though with the impeachment deal unless the republicans uh, you know somehow get both houses by there being democrats die in large numbers or something <laughs> large um, numbers <laughs> i think we're well i suppose it wouldn't right, be that large to get the senate he he i'll bet he does get impeached all you need is a majority of the house to get right. impeached but yeah. removed two-thirds of the senate no chance. Although, I mean, if you could prove that the Justice Department, nah, even then, they'd impeach Garland, not the President of the United States. Maybe, yeah. And I just think we're in a time where the President could be caught on live TV axe murdering the Pope, and his party would say, well, there are a lot of different uh, ways to interpret this. We're voting, uh, you know, to keep him off. Axe murdering the Pope. <laughs> I was just trying to come up with something extreme. How'd I do? <laughs> <laughs> pretty good pretty good uh you can weigh in on this topic God, we're gonna... staging dog fights in the east wing there you I go that'd be a weird thing to do yeah what's um, all that barking the secretary <laughs> of state would ask <laughs> the president stages dog fights in the lincoln what? bedroom Come this on. is impeachable <laughs> um we will finish strong next Armstrong and Getty. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast is 
NBA DNA with Hannah Storm digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Armstrong and Getty Show. Sitting directly behind the driver in the back seat is the safest place to sit. Child locks. I will always pretend like something got caught in the door to make sure that that back door opens at my discretion, that I can open that back door by myself and that there are no child locks on it. I will always be on the phone, whether that be someone that I am actually speaking to or literally just talking to myself, pretending like I am having a conversation so that it seems like I am always talking to somebody, that somebody is there with me. I will always mention that there is someone waiting for me. It just gives the impression that like if something were to happen to you, there is someone looking for you. I always have my safety tools within hand's reach. So I have a knife with me and I have a tool to stab with. I always have those on hand, no matter what. I've recently become aware of this. So that was a woman describing her safety tips for riding Uber or Lyft. I've recently become aware of this. This is a man privilege thing, I guess. I get into Ubers, I don't think twice. I start looking at my phone, I ride to where I'm going. But I've come to find out that for women, it's every time you get in, you're thinking about all these things. Because oh, yeah. you're getting with a strange guy in a car going who know, wherever they take you. Right. As a, a dad of daughters. Yeah, absolutely. And and friends and mom or whatever have locations turned on. Yeah. And we'll text, hey, I'm getting in an Uber. Uh, check my locations. That sort of thing. Yeah. Sensible. Huh. Katie, do you Uber much or Lyft much? I, I used to quite a bit. I haven't done it in a while, but those were actually some really good tips. One of the ones that I didn't hear her mention was I always ask the driver, who are you picking up? 
Oh, so, yeah. Because yeah. so then they'll say, oh, I'm picking up Katie. That way I know I'm not just getting in some random's car as well. Because a lot there are guys out there that are just going to where people would be Ubering or lifting. Wow. And then that's how you end up in trouble. Wow. How about to have some piano wire wrapped around each other, each hand, so you could garrot them in a moment if you had to? Well, that young lady had both a knife and a stabbing tool. That's right. Which... I like to keep my keys in between my fingers, so it's kind of like a brass knuckle situation. A classic, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm not sure I understood that she pretends something got stuck in the door. Yeah, I hate the idea so of the I, child can't open, I can't open the door if I want to. That sucks, but um, I don't know how. I didn't quite understand that either, how you stop that from happening. Yeah, because yeah. that's just the push of a button. So I, I didn't understand that one either. Mm. Yeah, some decent tips, though. There you go. Wow. It's a scary world out there. Uh, Yeah, it is. So, uh, speaking of crime, I'm not sure we have time to get to the stuff about crime in California. Maybe we'll get to it tomorrow. But um, in spite of the claims of uh, Gavi and others, yeah, the California Department of Justice report for crime in 2022 showed that violent and property crime spiked last year. California leading the country. Safest, greatest, best place to live. No bums to see here. Look over there. What are you looking over here for? Look over there. (laughs) You know what's really weird, Jack, is they released that report late Friday afternoon before the 4th of July weekend. Well, that's a weird coincidence. That's That's kind of an oversight. It is an oversight because you're not going to get much media coverage. Nobody's going to notice. On the spike in crime in California if you release it. Late on a Friday during 4th of July. Right. What a mistake. Wow. It's Final Thoughts with A.O.G. It's Final Thoughts with A.O.G. That's a good one. I love that. That's fantastic. Very strong. Here's your host for Final Thoughts, Joe Getty. Let's get a final thought from everybody on the crew to wrap things up for the day. Our technical director, Michelangelo, will lead us off. Michael, final thought? Yeah, believe it or not, the holiday shopping has started. I already got a text from my wife. It's Amazon's Prime Day today. Oh, whatever. I know, but she saw some knives she likes and so... Well, are they cheaper or what's what's the claim? They, they claim to be extra cheap, so I said go ahead and get them. But that doesn't Prime make any Day sense. makes Black Friday look like... The, the, the transparent Tuesday. It's, it's nothing. It's nothing. Uh, Katie Green, our esteemed newswoman. Katie, a final thought? It is July 11th. Can we stop with the fireworks already? No. At oh. night, you're driving my dog nuts, please. Wow. You got a vigilante justice. It's called for. Uh, Jack, final thought for us? Yeah, just since you mentioned that, a lot of places in the country have heard the same thing. That is a crackdown more on... Uh, big fireworks displays in towns. There, there are just way more people doing it in their backyards. There's, I was going to say, been an explosion in fireworks, but that's a really stupid thing to say. Yeah. Um, Boo! You suck. But uh, so the, the the paring down of the big city fireworks is leading to more local in your backyard fireworks. Yeah, yeah. So uh, my final thought is, it's just so cute that the students at ultra left Brown University now identify as. LGBTQ plus minus times three over seven, forty uh, percent of them, which is roughly quadrupled in the last fifteen years or so, uh, and it includes such categories as pansexual, asexual, questioning, other, and queer. In other words, please, can you just let me be the hip kind of person? All right, I'll go with queer, whatever that is. 
All right. You're, you're great. You're super. You're enlightened. You're not the oppressor. Good for you, youngster. 40% sounds a little high. Armstrong a and Getty bit. wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people to thank so little time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. We have all the hot links for you there. Oh, some great clicks. Uh, pick up an AG t-shirt while you're there. We'll see you tomorrow. God bless America. Armstrong and Getty. Things are getting weird, and they're getting weird fast. Bring some, uh, bring some cokes in, please. Don't you think that's a little odd? Absolutely. Uh, There's no doubt in my mind. I'm just saying. I'm not a cat. A pop cat! It's true. Are you sure of that, dude? Yep. Hey, look, everybody. It's Satan himself. When you think Satan, think Mark Zuckerberg. We're a brand. We're, we're one brand. <laughs> we're a brand. Okay. Thanks for having me. Gotta run, boys. Gotta run. Probably Satan, everybody. Devil probably going to the gym is probably what we need to do. Have a terrific day. Armstrong and Getty. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.